book of Judges chapter 13, reading with verse 24 and 25. Also, we will be reading from the book of Judges chapter 16, reading verse 4, 5, and 6. Judges 13, 24, and 25. How many ever felt like when you were taking a step forward, something was trying to push you three or four backwards? I hope I can answer that question for you today, and I do believe I have the answer uh, for you in that. I want to say it's so good. Again, Sister Ferris, we're so glad you're here. We honor you in the, the 20 years of pastoral ministry here. And, uh, but the decades before that of just saint ministry and uh, just being faithful here as a little girl. And uh, we have prayed for Bishop Ferris a lot and uh, thankful that he's doing better. And I'm glad that he is increasing in strength and we're believing for 100% recovery for him. Isn't that an amen, congregation? Praise God. Um, and just thankful that you're here. Praise the Lord. Brother Rod Hoffman is here. Ten years ago this weekend, he's right back there. Wave your hand, Brother Rod. Ten years ago this weekend, he came back to the Lord after being away from God for 22 years. And he's here today to celebrate that. He now attends the anchor of New Lex, but closer to his home. But we're glad about it. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Judges chapter 13, 24 and 25. There are any guests here, and I know there's several. I would love to meet with you after church in the cafe area. We have a gift for you, and um, love to sit and talk to you for a few moments. And so, don't rush off. We'd love to spend some time with you. We have a gift, and uh, I'm gonna drink a good cup of coffee while I talk to you. And so, uh, I told somebody, I said, when I was younger, I liked coffee. Now that I'm 40, I love coffee. Anybody else in the room feel that way? In my lands, there's a, there's a witness. And the older I get, the more I like cereal. That's dangerous. Anybody else in the room for that way? Somebody said, why is it on Sunday morning you talk about food? Because I'm hungry. And if I preach about 15 or 20 minutes, which would be a miracle, you know I'm really hungry. Judges chapter 13, 24, 25. It says, and the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. Everybody say Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. Isn't it? That's positive, isn't it? And the Spirit of the Lord began to move at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtael. The Spirit of God began to move upon him. The rest of his story is pretty negative, honestly, uh, when you look at the decisions he made, and I'll preach about that. But chapter 16, verse 4 says, And it came to pass afterward." that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Uh-oh. There's trouble here. There's trouble here. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth. He kills a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. He killed a lion with his bare hands. Thirty men at another place that he destroyed at one time and took their garments because he was deceived out of the riddle at, at, at his wedding. And, and he carried the gates off, the gates off to the city all the way to the top of the mountain. and can't, Nobody can stop him. I want you, Delilah, to find out 
entice and see wherein his great strength lies, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and we will give thee every one of us 1,100 pieces of silver. Each, we're going to give you 1,100 pieces of silver. We're going to make you wealthy. Just find out where his strength lies. You know, the enemy couldn't stop his strength, so the enemy had to get to his heart. That's why the Bible says, keep your heart. Hold your, hold your heart in your hand just for a moment. The Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it come the issues of life. you got to guard your heart. I want you to look at two or three people and say, you need to guard your heart. Amen. From this portion of Scripture, I'd like to preach today, why the devil is trying to destroy me. Why the devil is trying to destroy me. Would you just love God before you're seated and thank him for his word. We thank you, Lord, for every example. For your divine word, God, that is in our life. Thank you, Lord. We love you today. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Jacob is about to die. He is known now as Israel for his name has been changed from Jacob to Israel. He is in his old age and they've called the family in and he starts at Reuben and works himself all the way down to Joseph and his sons speaking to his 12 sons and he prophesies to them their future. He tells Reuben, you're as unstable as water. He gets down and prophesies to Joseph but when he gets to Dan... Jacob makes a prophecy. He said, out of Dan will come a judge. Out of Dan will come a judge. Many, many generations later, that's exactly what happens. From the tribe of Dan, a woman is out in the field and an angel visits her and says, you're going to have a baby. It's going to be a baby boy. And when you have that baby, he is to take the vow of a Nazarite. That is going to be a vow of a lifetime. If you read number six, you can study the Nazarite vow. The Nazarite vow is that the razor is, to never come, is not to come to the head. You're not allowed to take the vine, and you're not allowed to touch dead things. You would not even be allowed to go around anything dead. You wouldn't even be allowed to go to your family's funeral if they died because you have been consecrated or set holy or separated from certain things. Why? Because God is going to use him. Some Nazarite vows were six months, somewhere maybe for a year. There were different levels of Nazarite vow, but for Samson, everybody shout Nazarite. For Samson, it was going to be a lifetime vow, a razor, scissors, would never come to his head. He would never take the vine and he was not allowed to be around anything dead. And so God speaks to, to this lady and says, I'm gonna use him. He's gonna be special. Watch what happens. When she is pregnant with Samson, she is, is to take on the vow. She's not allowed to take the vine because how many know the mother does impact the child? I don't know. Uh, about you but sometimes it can be a challenge training up your children once they are born and uh, you imagine what Samson felt like in, in, in the 
in his own church. Samson, uh, uh, Samson's got a man bun. He's hanging out with his friends and, and mom, mom. Oh, the other boys cut their hair. Everybody else is drinking grape juice. Why can't I? Because there's a prophecy over your life. God's, God is, is raising you up for something special. I don't, I don't know if I want to be special. I'd rather be like everybody else. And you see this, and these were real people. These were, not, these were not angelic beings that were born. They were human beings that were born. And you have to understand that they were tempted. And the Bible says even Christ was tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Unfortunately, the people we see in Scripture, most of them were tempted and they did make mistakes. I'm not preaching any real people in the building. And uh, you look at Moses and, and, and Solomon and Samson and, and King David and you see people that God used mightily and yet there was, there was trying times in their life that they had to overcome the obstacles of the enemy, the obstacles of life and sometimes the failures of their self. And Samson here, he sees, he's growing up and his hair is getting longer and, and uh, he's not able to partake what everybody else does. Other people go to the funeral. Other people can hunt. He's not allowed to be around anything dead. And he's a vow of a Nazarite. But when he becomes of age, the spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. Now he knows. And she would say, son, it's worth it now. Look who you are. You're not just one of the group. You're not just a Danite or of the tribe of Dan. Uh, you are now the judge of Israel. Everybody in all of Israel, the Hebrew people, every Jew is looking to you for wisdom. Samson was a judge for 20 years and he was full of wisdom because of the spirit of God. I want to say to this congregation, that's why the Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith. It is not of yourself. It is a gift of God. When God moves up on somebody's life, they will get convictions that are right. They will get wisdom. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is not just to feel this Holy Spirit. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to take on the nature of God's Spirit. And the nature of God's Spirit is wisdom and it's peace and saying, you know, this is wrong. I shouldn't have this in my life. There's destruction in this. How I many know that the, the Bible says that the Spirit of truth will lead and guide you into what? All truth. How many want to walk in truth today? How many want to do right? Amen. We should judge things by the Spirit of God and the Word of the Lord. I feel like preaching here today. There's a reason that God gives us convictions. People that say, well, I'm just going to, one of these days, I'm going to sum my wild oats, and one of these days, I'm going to go to the church and repent. It doesn't work that way. When you just decide you want to live for God, then you just come back and live for God. It doesn't work that way. No man cometh to God except the Spirit draws him. Everything we do is led by his Spirit. Do you believe that? Amen. God giving you a gift to sing, it's from his Spirit. If God gave you a, a gift of wisdom and leadership, it's from God's Spirit. If God gave you convictions of things that are wrong and things that are right, can I tell you that it's because of his spirit. Thank God that we can feel about life the way our master, our creator, feels about life. It comes from his spirit. Can you say amen? He has set aside 
put aside because God wanted his spirit to move upon him to lead a nation. They didn't have kings then. They had prophets, but they didn't have kings then. They, they now had judges, and God used Samson to judge Israel. Let's talk about life for a minute. Some people blame everything on the devil. That's why he's red. Everything's spiritual. You sneeze, devil's battling to me. Nope. Wasn't the devil's fault. It's just that the pollen is at an all-time high. You get sick, I feel bombarded by the devil. Not everything's the devil's fault. How many know that? Let's talk about a few verses here today so, so we can get to the main point of the story. The Bible says time and chance happens to us all. Everybody shout all. You know what that means? Good things can happen to bad people and bad things can happen to good people and good things can happen to bad and good people. How many know that? Just because you're good doesn't mean your nose is never going to get stopped up. You're never going to cough. You're never going to have arthritis in your, in your joints. I'm so sick of the devil getting in my joints. I remember one time I was in church and this just growing up in church you see a lot of things and people get nervous and say ignorant things sometimes. I remember one time I was in church and well a man was preaching and I was just a kid. You know everything's funny when you're a kid. And it's really funny. It's really funny when you're an adult, you just learn to control your laugh more. How many know that? And this guy was preaching one time while he was preaching, his false teeth came out while he was preaching. <laughs> you know, you look forward to those moments when you're a kid. You just, you celebrate that sort of. My mom had us at this conference and I was sitting beside my mom and my brother Dave was to my right, so I was sitting in between my mom and my brother and his false teeth came out. He caught them in his hand. He threw them back in his mouth and and he, he, he couldn't stop. He couldn't just keep preaching. He, he had to blame it on something. He said, pray for me, saints. The devil's in my teeth. It was the devil messing his message up. It, it wasn't the whatever, you know, to keep those in. But I started laughing. My brother started laughing. And my mom's trying to stay holy and spiritual and stop us boys while she was laughing, you know. She was, she was cutting up. I remember she was going, stop it. Stop it. That's not right to be laughing at church. Boy, we just get, we were doubled over. It's not the devil's fault that your false teeth fell out. And everything has to be the devil's fault. We, we have to understand not everything is the devil's fault. There are some things about life. I do believe God protects us, but this is not heaven yet. There are some things that we go through to get where God wants us to be. That's why the Bible says, through much tribulation shall you inherit the kingdom of God. That means through much pressure. You know what makes praise powerful? Is when things that God has given you somehow seem stripped away from you and you worship anyhow. When things didn't go your way and you still come to the house of God and say, but the Lord is good my health hasn't been the greatest but God is good I don't understand the economy but God is good there's everything's not going the way I wanted on the timeline of the way I've been praying and seeking it hasn't happened yet matter of fact there's days it seems like it's never going to happen but you know he's on the throne he's got the last word and he does love me is there anybody that understands that 
That song says, so I'm gonna shout hallelujah anyhow. Yeah, I've been fighting. Yes, I've been climbing up some mountains. Yes, there's been some thunderclouds that's come my way, but God never changes. Though my season changes and trouble comes my way, he is still God. Oh, clap your hands and shout, he's still God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not the devil's fault. Here's what I do believe though, that if it is from the devil, which I call an affliction. Everybody shout, an affliction. I do believe there can become afflictions. I believe Job had an affliction upon his life. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. It did not say the unrighteous. And I think you gotta be careful as a believer. Every time something goes wrong, you think you're not righteous. Someone mentioned to me a while back, they said, sometimes I struggle with God using me because I feel that I'm not righteous enough for God to use me. And that's why I feel like God's not using me. I said, he's not using you because you're unrighteous because I know your heart. I said, you're a righteous man. He's not using you because in that moment you step into unbelief. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. There's a whole lot more to faith than believing that he hung on a cross and resurrected the third day. You've got to believe he loves me. Despite my weaknesses, God really does care about me. But the moment you say I'm not good enough, the moment you say that that he doesn't care about me, he has to withdraw his hand because he cannot respond to a person that's in unbelief. Faith moves God. My dad preaches a message for many years now. He's preached a message called, God has a weakness. You take a, you, you, you take a man, um, Jairus, that his daughter is dying, and he comes to the Lord, and he falls on his knees, and he says, Master, my daughter is sick and to death. It moved him to heal his daughter. Woman, the Seraphonician woman, I preached in Kashokton last week. Seraphonician woman come to him. She disguised herself as a Jew. She was a Gentile lady, and she come to him. She said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. That's Jewish terminology. She was trying to act like one of the Jews because she didn't think this Jew would have anything to do with her. So she disguised herself as one of the Jews. Are y'all with me? To get his attention, and maybe she could disguise, and he uncovered it. He said, it's not meat to give children's bread to dogs. He pulled pulled her pretty wrapper off of her right there and said, you're not a Jew, you're a dog. That's what they would have called us Gentile folks. But you know what? She didn't get offended. She realized he knows who I am. And she got on her knees. She said, but even the dogs get the crumbs which fall from the master's table. She said, I know I'm not worthy, but you've got what my daughter needs and I need a miracle. You know what he did? He reached into another dispensation around the cross where the wall of separation between the Jew and the Greek and the bond and the free. Ephesians chapter two. Those that were strangers of the covenants of promise, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, talking about Gentile people or non-Jewish people. He reached around the cross and he said, here lady, you've moved me in your faith. I'm gonna do something for you right now that should be postponed to the future. When you get faith, it moves God to a now moment in your life. Quit doubting him and start believing him. He can work it all out. Come on, I haven't been good, but he is good. I haven't been doing everything perfect, but God's the perfect one. Is there anybody that believes when I'm preaching? He's a good God. Quit trying to get everything in alignment 
so you can win the favor of God. Grace means unmerited favor. Give me a good old sinner that believes God died for their sin. And I can show you somebody getting a miracle right now that some saint that lives in unbelief still trying to get righteous enough to get his attention that are waiting 10 years for it. Give me somebody that'll return to God and say, I know I messed up, but I know there's enough bloodshed at Calvary to give me another opportunity. I'm preaching to somebody, you just gotta get a hold of faith and say he can work it out right now. Somebody shout right now. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you. Amen. I'm not preaching to your neighbor. I'm preaching to you. Unbelief postpones things. If I want to do it, they, they don't think I can. God can. Somebody shout, God can. Let's move on to something, though. That, that Let's not blame the devil. Let's talk about something else. Samson, you're not allowed to take the vine. You're not allowed to cut your hair. You're not allowed to be around dead things. Chapter 13, my initial text, says the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. The next chapter, and Samson went down to Timnath. He saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. He came to the vineyards. The vineyards. Everybody say the vineyards. That's vineyards. He's not allowed to take of the vine. He's hanging out in the vineyards when he's not allowed to eat the grapes. I don't know why I'm struggling. Lion comes roaring out of the vineyards. If he wouldn't have been in the vineyards, he wouldn't have had to fight a lion. People are always struggling and blaming it on the devil. And it's not anything to do with the devil. It's where you're hanging out. Watch your kids. They're doing great until. Now they're sassy and smart aleck. Now they're rebellious. They're, they're using words they don't normally use. They're acting different. And you're trying to pick up where the attitude come from. I'll tell you where it come from. It came from a vineyard. You said you can't. You're not allowed to do this. But they start hanging out with people that do those things that you forbid them to do. Next thing you know, they start becoming... They start smelling like the vineyard. Somebody said if you hang out with dogs, you get fleas. Somebody said if you stand under the rain, you get wet. You know, you don't have to be doing anything. You just have to be, that's why the Bible says we should abstain from the very appearance. Abstain from the very what? Appearance of evil. Why? Because the line should be drawn. I should not put myself in a place where I could be tempted. Man one time got delivered of alcohol and he said he was delivered of alcohol and, but somebody came to his house and there was a, a, a container of alcohol in the refrigerator and they said, I thought you were delivered. He said, I am. I'm just proving to myself. Well, when he died, he had liquor bottles buried in ceiling tiles. and You don't prove to yourself. The Bible says you shouldn't, should, shalt not tempt the Lord, I'm in a vein right now. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. For hear me, God will not tempt man. Well, God's tempt, he will test you, but he will never jeopardize your eternity. Never. God will never put you in a place where you have to make a decision in, in, in jeopardizing eternity. You might, but God won't. 
why am I here? But I'm here. You know, I would, I would never commit adultery, but you watch movies with adultery. I, I would never do that. There's some video games should ne- never be in your house. Grand Theft Auto, for instance. Things that are unclean and words and illicit things. And some people wonder, why? Why are my thoughts so unrighteous? I haven't done anything. What have you been watching? What have you been listening to? Who have you been around? Who's, who's, what are you doing? You're hanging out in areas that you are forbidden to partake of, Samson. Samson, you're struggling now and you're fighting off wild beasts, battling, struggle to worship, struggle to pray, struggle to read your Bible. Why? Because you're hanging out in vineyards. It's not the devil's fault. Look at your neighbor says, it's not the devil's fault, it's yours. Come on, point your long finger for a moment. You probably ought to direct it like this. Might as well put all four of them at you. It's not the devil's fault. Don't put yourself in a place. My dad taught me, he said, you, you, a man of integrity will build walls around him to protect him from future weaknesses. Because he might be strong now, but tomorrow he might be weak. And I feel this. Let this settle into your spirit. Quit blaming the devil for your struggle and everything. And sometimes it's just the atmosphere you put yourself in. Some of my struggle growing up wasn't that I wanted to do wrong. It was just the people I began to hang out with that began to tempt me. I made friends with people I shouldn't have made friends with. Anybody ever done that? Four of you. How about anybody else? I watched them. They were great until they, until they started dating them. How did that happen? He said, I, I found a woman in Tim Nath and she's good looking and I want her to be my wife. And his dad said, why do you never find somebody from your own people? Why are your eyes always wandering in the Philistine camp? Don't you remember we're in bondage to the Philistine? And you keep wanting to build relationships with those that are against us. I mean, you know, you have to be careful. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. And if it, if it walks, talks, and smells, and acts like sin, it probably is sin. No matter the flattering words, read Proverbs 7 later, the flattering of her words, if we're not careful, we will, bring a, we will turn our homes that should be righteous into homes that are atmospheres of vineyards. That should be forbidden. Well, I'm old enough. You're not old enough to hang out in vineyards. and You can't, you can't be a, a judge of Israel, carry the gates off the city. You can't kill a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. Samson, you're, you're misunderstanding. God's moving on you. It's not justifying you. It's eventually going to destroy you. We got this, this adult terminology. We got to understand, just because you're adult doesn't mean you're strong enough to overcome the temptations that's near. The Bible says have faith as a child. You ought to walk as one that can be tempted. Paul said be careful lest you think you're strong and you fall. I want every man in the room to stand. Every man. Well, if I've ever preached a pastoral message, I am now. Be careful lest you think you're strong and you fall. 
Paul was saying, live as if you're weak and can be seduced or tempted or make the wrong decision. That's what he was saying. Never live as one that can overcome the temptation of lust or a woman. That's why I teach, you, you shouldn't, men, you, you married men, you shouldn't be going on uh, lunch, lunch dates with co-workers of the opposite sex. You understand what I'm saying? Why? Because you don't want to ever give place to the devil. And you put yourself in an atmosphere where you can become weakened. And that is not the will of God. I'm going to let you be seated in just a second, but remain standing. Hold on one second. Don't, don't, don't sit yet. I'm challenging you because we live in a culture that says just do whatever you want to do. And even righteous people can find themselves tempted because they're in the wrong place and make mistakes. I have seen good people fall. Paul said, when I would do good, evil's present with me. There's a call within yourself that would love to destroy you. You can be seated. The book was called The Call of the Wild. How many's ever seen the movie or read the book The Call of the Wild? The story's about a dog by the name of Buck uh, and it was taken out to be a sled dog. And Anyhow, long story short, just going to give you uh, the Cliff Notes version here. But this man made Buck his pet and as long as he was near the master, he was okay. They said, but when the pack of wild dogs would come out in the woods and you'd hear, said something would raise up in Buck and his hairs would bristle up and he'd start flaring his teeth. Said he would go over to the edge of the door and said there was something moved within him when he heard the wild call from outside of his owner's home and said his master would say, come here, Buck, come on, come here, Buck. Come here, buddy, come on, come over here. And said he, when he would touch him, everything would calm down. Maybe a night or two later when the pack of wild Dogs would come out and start howling again. Something would bristle up in him. and Something would flare up in him and start showing his teeth. And this domesticated dog, at the call of something without the master's house, began to turn its heart to its wild nature. And it appears that even though Samson was righteous, prophesied, decades and decades, many generations before he came into existence, God knew he was going to be the judge. God knew that there was going to be a lady visited by an angel that was going to declare, you're going to have a son. He's going to be the judge of Israel. God's going to move upon him mightily and God's going to do great things through him. God knew that Samson was going to lead Israel. But the enemy knew in every human being there's a wild nature. All of you have it. Come on, all of you have it. You say, oh, not me, I'm holy. And you got a wild nature that's dormant. It's down at, well, I was, I was converted. Yes, you was. But Yes, you were, but guess what Paul said? He said, though I do good. He said, yes, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ, but I was a chief among sinners. And it's like a dog, you hear it? Returning to his vomit. Somebody that comes to Christ and goes back to the world. It's like a dog returning to its vomit. I know it sounds disgusting, but you ever see a dog do that? He said, somebody going back to the world, what used to make them sick now looks appealing to them. 
What used to be ungodly now is, is, is a pleasure to the flesh. And what God would have you to despise, and I've watched people repent and say, I can't believe I used to do what I do. I can't believe I used to talk that way. I can't believe I used to sit there and put myself in that type of place. Oh, it makes me sick to think of the things I used to be and I used to do. And they're righteous and they're feeling about things the way God felt about it. They realize that sin is disgusting. How many know that? But the Bible also said, I told my kids this morning, come to the church. I said, don't ever forget sin is fun. Anybody ever tell you sin is not fun? Lie to you. The Bible calls it the pleasure of sin. But remember, it's only for a season. And when the, when the season of the pleasure of sin is over, you're a slave. That drink of alcohol, that, that, that party where you got, you got tipsy and everybody's like, well, how's it feel? How's it feel? Oh, it feels good. Somebody give you a hit of marijuana. Maybe, maybe you stole something for the first time. You know, you steal a candy bar, it probably tastes good. not going to change the taste. But what you don't know is where it leads to. When you told the lie and you got by with it, you thought. And what the devil understands is that within every single one of us, there's a dormant, wild, sinful nature. And he's slow and he's patient. The devil knows that there's something about you that's special. And if he can't conquer your strength... He's going to try to lure you to your weakness. It's the call of the wild. I come to tell you, Samson, just because God moves upon you when you're in the vineyard doesn't mean God justifies your vineyard experience. Just because you can reach into the carcass of the lion of a dead animal and pull honey out of it doesn't mean, doesn't mean that God justifies you hanging out with dead things. There's some things you're supposed to stay away from, even again. I'll tell you this church, you can come to church and feel God and sin last night. doesn't mean God's okay with what you did last night. That's the mercy of God. That's the hand of God saying, don't stop. Don't go down that road. I'm pulling on you. I want you to be saved. I want you to be right. If we're not careful, we will think we're okay when just a few years from now, here a little and there a little. It's like the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. It's downhill, but if you walk that road, you would never know you're going downhill because it's so gradual. And if we're not careful, the devil will allow us over a period of years, maybe decades, to go from righteous to where now we want what we used to be saved from. Simon, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith fail thee not. My daddy made a statement years ago. He said, he said, we've all sinned. He said, yes, sin's a problem, but sin's not what scares me. He said, it's when you start feeling good about sin. That's what scares me. And today I'm preaching to you because if the devil can, he wants to stop you from your divine purpose. It's a long story. There's, there's two different women in, in Samson's life. That tempting ends up, ends up a, a tragic situation. He marries the woman of Timnath. He has a big celebration, throws a seven-day feast. He, he goes away because they did him wrong. They give her away to his best man. Are you hearing me? What he thought was gaining was just going to be drama. Why am I preaching this? Because there's destruction. The Bible says if you do well, will you not be accepted? But if you do not well, sin lieth at the door. 
It's quiet in here, and it should be. Because if we're not careful, we will allow our atmospheres to tempt us. But some of you in this room need to make a covenant with God today. I'm, today, I'm not going anywhere that's going to tempt my eternity. Come on. I'm not getting around anybody from my past that's going to tempt my eternity. 2010, the number one cause of divorce was Facebook. The number one cause of the divorce on Facebook was connections to old flames. And what they said was is that they forgot why they broke up and the only thing you remember after a period of time is the butterfly feeling you had when you first got connected. And they would connect with the old flames and they said if you are on Facebook, connect to an old flame. The military taught their men because there are so many divorces. The military taught because you're 33% more likely to get divorced if you connect to an old flame on Facebook. So I got up here and I got criticized for it. And I said if you're on social media, you ought to have a joint account as a married couple. So Delilah won't come by and say, this might be an option. Always wanted more with them. Honey, I say it publicly how much I love you. And I do. I, I, I thank God. I want to get gray-headed with the hair I have left with you. But the devil is looking for an occasion and he'll wait. He'll wait till the marriage is rocky and, and uh, uh, emotionally not satisfying and what you had committed to for better or worse and sickness and health and for richer, for poor. And I think it should have been for poor and richer because when you get married, you start off poor. <laughs> and I'd be a witness somewhere. And the devil waits. And, and, and man, I feel like, you okay out there? I feel something in the Holy Ghost. And, 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 and it's not long until he doesn't get it. L listen, I asked somebody, why? You know, these marriages, and they found every spouse in the bar. You know what? You probably ought to try a new location to find a spouse. Chaos and confusion is the same thing with Samson. Why are you going back down to the vine? The valley of Sorek means the valley of the vine. And he gets his eyes on the lava. But she's pretty. Doesn't matter how pretty she is. She's been hired by the enemy. She's been told she's going to be made wealthy if she can find out how to destroy you and take your life. Oh, Samson, I can't even talk like a girl. Run her fingers through his long hair. Your hair is so handsome. Look at, look at you. Look at those. I don't believe he's muscular. I don't know how you with that scrawny body can do such powerful things. I don't believe he was massive. You've heard me preach it a hundred times. I think he was skinny. God's not going to let some man get the glory for his power ever. Come on, I've told you before. i told you before. Britain. This is a mighty man of God. But some guy was seven foot tall with shoulders as wide as him, kills a lion. You know what you'd say? He's tough. Brenton would do it. The Lord's with him. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. We got to quit picturing the stuff that's wrong. He did not look like the guy on God's gym. 
And here she is. She's flattering him, telling him how handsome he is, how great he is, until he's comfortable enough. I can't help but preach it. He's comfortable enough to lay his head in the lap of a killer. He is literally sleeping with the enemy. He's so comfortable with this woman that has been hired to destroy his ministry and his future. And don't think that principle does not apply in 2019. There's an anointing upon you. God knew you. I preached it a few weeks ago. Jeremiah 1 and 5. It says it this way. Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew you, knew you and ordained you to be a prophet. God has a plan for you. And I'm going to go ahead and preach the reason the devil's trying to kill you. The reason he's trying to destroy you. Because he knows you're going to conquer everything he's built up. He knows you're going to set the people free that he's had in bondage. He knows you are a threat to him and so he wants to destroy you come on is there anybody in the room that says you're not getting my family you're not going to get my marriage you're not going to get my children come on brother Derek can help me today I come to preach to you the devil wants to take you out but I got news for the devil there's a merciful God come on in a grace dispensation that's going to give us the power to overcome our failures of the past and have a future stand to your feet and clap your hands and shout hallelujah we are living in a compromising culture marriage is an attack families are under attack violence is in the land the enemy, somebody said at one time, so right. They said if it's zero degrees outside, it's gonna get cold on the inside. And I'm not talking about church building, but I'm talking about the church. When the world gets worse and worse and worse, don't think it's not gonna try to impact the church. And so I come to preach as your pastor. I come to turn the temperature up of righteousness this morning and tell you to tell the devil, you're not allowed in my house. You're not allowed in my mind. You're not allowed in my spirit. Hallelujah. Everybody's seated, but every married, every married person in the room, everyone can be seated except the married folks. And said, what would you like? The steward is asking, what would you like? He said, I'm fasting. She said, well, you must be a Christian. He said, no, I'm a member of the satanic church. And we are praying right now for Satan to send a spirit to every Christian marriage and destroy it. And you thought it was just an argument. And you thought it was just midlife crisis. And you thought it was just indifference about how to train up your children. But the devil's waiting for a moment to say, you don't love them. You don't really love them. You, you might have never really loved them. Don't listen to that voice. You wouldn't have said, I'd do forever if you didn't love them. Quit listening to the deception of the enemy. The devil's a liar. He's a liar. He's a father of all lies. Which voice are you listening to? And I come in like a general in the military today to tell you fight for what God has given you. Fight for the anointing he's put upon you. Fight! 
Simon Peter said, how much should we forgive them? He said 490 times, 70 times seven. You know what that is? Every three minutes, every time offense comes to your mind, you say, I forgive it. I'm not letting it. I'm not gonna let that brew into bitterness. I'm not gonna allow it in my life. The devil would love to destroy what God has. Come on, I said at weddings. Let no man put asunder what God has joined together. I told somebody I'm gonna start showing up at the divorce court. They say, I don't love each other. I'm going to stand up and say, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not committing to this, but it sounds fun. So you're going to get divorced. Hey, judge, they can't. Well, who are you? I'm Pastor Aaron Bass from the Anchor Church. I'm the pastor. I saw him make a covenant. And I was a witness. Matter of fact, I got waiting out the door. All the people that were in the wedding because I snuck into the guest book. And I called everybody there and they're standing outside to witness that they said for better or worse. And the devil doesn't like what I'm preaching. We believe in the church in forgiveness and hope and second chances. So before you give any permission, can I pray? Satan Get thee behind them. You have no place in their home because God has something great for their future. Do you believe what I preach is true? The devil doesn't like it, but I don't care. I'm gonna preach what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I want everybody to jump to your feet and clap your hands and shout hallelujah. the devil's a liar why is he trying to destroy you because God has an anointing upon you some of you have been bombarded about convictions and you say why am I struggling with my convictions because God gave you those convictions to operate in your calling and he's trying trying to pull you out where God has called you to I want you to look at your neighbor and say God called you here so he could anoint you your hands and receive the word of the Lord come on lift your hands hallelujah in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus come on love him love him in the name of Jesus come here Samson See, what you don't know is while I've been preaching, the devil ran out of here. He was attached to some of your spirit, but when you said amen, he said, oh. They just received revelation. I was deceiving them, but I can't. I'm telling you what I know in the Holy Ghost. Because there's power in preaching. Come on. By the foolishness of preaching. And you believe what I was preaching. When it did, the devil said, oh. Delilah stands up. Do, do, do like this. Samson listens to her, wakes up, and 
she had shaved his head, brought barbers in to remove his covenant. And he's weak. He jumps up the next day. Come here. Come here, soldier. Any other time, he could have grabbed him and threw him the Timbuktu. Try it. I've been trying to quit early, I promise. But she she won. Because you're now just like every other man. was the goal. Find where his strength lies so we can afflict him and bind him and make him like ever the man. Now listen, before you give in to the temptation, you got to ask yourself a question. Are you content to be like everybody else? And if you are, go ahead with the decision you thought about making. Go ahead and walk away from God because you will be weak and you will not have any power over the, over the devil once he comes in. Right now you have power. You can say get thee, he's going to obey you. But when you give in to Delilah and you lose your covenant with God, you're going to have no power. People say, I would never. Be careful. I'd never do that. I'd never go back to that. You better be careful because you're not here because you were good. You're here because he was good to you. He gave you power over that addiction. Come on, some of you can be delivered right now if you just said, I believe. He gave you power over that lust and that gambling and that alcohol and that drugs and that marrow. He gave you power. Every time the enemy came, he could grab him no matter how big or bad he was, no matter how long he'd been in the family, no matter if he was connected to grandpa and grandmother with that addiction and family curses, he could take him and throw him. But the day he gave Delilah his heart, he was like everybody else and I got a word for this church do you want this church to just be like every other community gathering or do you want it to be anointed do you want it to be powerful come on then you've got to have a covenant with God somebody shout hallelujah I want you to lift your hands and I want you to say to the Lord I'm pressing on I'm walking past this temptation I will not let the enemy win hallelujah you're not being battled because you're unrighteous you're being battled because there's a prophecy over your life the anointing has been moving upon you devil you're not going to win because of victory is in the building Brother Rod Hoffman, run down here with Pastor. I'm almost done. Brother Rod, you were teaching Bible studies, winning people to the Lord, and somehow the devil got you like you had many others. Was it 2009? I prophesied in 2008, God's bringing the backslider home. You're one of the first ones, if not the first one of the prophecy. And somehow, God began to move on Samson when he was bound in the dungeon. And one day, blinded because the enemy took his eyes, he reached up 
Brother Rod, would you feel your new grown hair? I can't do it anymore. Rub your hand through your hair. And the Bible says, how be it? His hair began to grow. What was rooted in him couldn't be taken from him. I'm telling some mother in the room that your children went astray. There's some roots inside of them that the Philistines can never touch. The devil can attack their covenant, but he can't remove their roots. For you to train up a child in the way they should go when they are old and won't depart from it. You can't get rid of the root. you were anointed and used by God. My, 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 my. This could be your baby. This could be your child. Your family member. That the devil had bound. But when you came back, you didn't feel judged. Something sparked within you. Lead me to the pillars. <laughs> One more time, God. You sit right there on the front seat. I'll never get it. And when you sit there, you said, I'm home. I'm home. Come on, somebody had failures, but God said, I got a place prepared for you. How many believe God's got a place prepared for you? Brother Rod, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Something's going to break everybody in the room. Begin to lift your hands for your family, for yourself. I pray for every person that slipped, that failed, that made mistakes, that had a desire to be used of you, would be restored and healed. Their marriage would be strengthened. Their mind would recover. The devil tried to take them out of the church to destroy them, but God, you brought them home. They're here today for a call of God. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be renewed. In the name of Jesus, be restored. In Jesus' name. Are there any fighters in the building? Come on, are there any fighters in the building? Is there anybody here who says, you're not getting my anointing? But come on, you're not gonna get my calling. You're not gonna waste another day. Definitely not another year, come on. If you feel God has an anointing for you, a purpose for you, I want you to come with your hands lifted. We are victorious. You're not getting my marriage. You're not getting my children. Come on, that's it. I want you to come with your hands raised. Everybody that would, that says, I'm fighting for my family. I'm gonna cover my grandchildren in prayer. Devil, you got a war on your hands. You're not gonna get it easy because I'm gonna fight with everything I have. Come on, lift your hands, begin to pray. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. I love you, Jesus. Jesus 
Jesus' name. Come on, I want you to pray all over the room. You got children. The devil's trying to destroy them. I want you to cover them in prayer right now. Call their name out to God. Come on, Samson. Get up on your feet. Start believing again. There's a purpose for your life. God's not done with you. I know you're strayed, but his hand is upon you. All over this building, I want you to bow your head and say, God, today I make a covenant. I'm making a covenant with my eyes. I'm not going where I'm forbidden to partake of. Some of you have connections that you need to disconnect from. can't let anything take your soul. Come on, all over the room. I want you to repent. God, I'm sorry that I misjudged the situation. I'm sorry that I thought I was stronger. I don't want to be in a way where the devil enters our family. I want to be a warrior for God to bombard the tempter that old serpent, the devil. Come on. Some of you say, why am I struggling? Some of us been atmosphere. Some of us been life. Some of us been the devil's just trying to destroy your life. God have mercy. And today I go walk in covenant. Would you pray all over the building? Would you, if you know how to pray, lift your voice and begin to say, God, I surrender all. Here's my heart. I'm sorry for what I've been thinking about and dwelling on and Oh, Lord. I'm sorry that I become emotionally connected to things that are not right. Things the world's producing and not from God. Help me, Lord. Eternity's too long to play games with things you delivered me from. Come on, the Lord is speaking to you specifically every head bowed everyone praying I'm sorry oh God I don't want to be lost it's okay we're not hurrying today so like the Lord a week ago wanted me to preach this think about your children being captive or deceived and lost oh God ask you to forgive me. Would you do that all over the building? I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> I know there's a call of God on our family. I know there's a call of God. Come on, that's it. There's repentance in the room. 